Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run.Down post-game show on the Strickland YouTube channel. And if you're watching, if you're listening to this the day after, um, Strickland Podcast Network. Knicks win 117-114 to versus the San Antonio Spurs in what I would say very unpleasant fashion, I would say that, to put it nicely. Um, Very ugly game. And then when you think about who our next opponent is and how much uglier these games can be, then, you know, it really puts it really puts into perspective what they did today. Um, I mean, a lot of mental lapses, I would say, today during today's game. Um, a lot of randoms just getting hot, too. I mean, like, randoms in the sense of, like, they sh- I mean, eh, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of expected these guys to go off against us. Like, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, like, these were prime, like, you know, get your game off an MSG candidates. Like, you had the, the revenge game narrative for Doug McDermott. Josh Richardson, someone that randomly gets hot every, like, 20 games or whatever. And today was the day he got hot versus the Knicks. Um, but, yeah, and I think a lot of what contributed to those guys getting hot was mental lapses um, on the Knicks end defensively. Um, was not one of their better games defensively. As you can see, they they allowed the Spurs, who are tanking actively, to score 114 points. Um, but, yeah, just a very, very ugly game. Um, you know, you're happy they got the win. Um, shout out to Jalen Brunson with 38 points. Um, really got a majority of that in the first and fourth quarters, I would say, where he really got cooking. Um Fourth quarters are always, you know, his time, especially if Julius Randle doesn't have it going. Um, they really just set up a lot of isolations for JB to get cooking. Um, he did that for the most part, I would say. Um, it's still not the most efficient or, like, aesthetically pleasing or even just, like, what makes the best sense basketball-wise offensively to run at those moments in time. But, you know, with the coach that we have, you got to take what you can get. Um, you know, these are the type of games that make you grateful for, you know, the acquisition of Jalen Brunson and like the cost of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, 38 points, um, regular season career high, as we know, his playoff career high is 41, but um, regular season career high um, had about um, seven rebounds, six assists, you know. Him and Randall really took a lot of the brunt of the shots today, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, as it relates to other players on the team that can contribute a little bit more if they're um, allowed to. But, yeah, how do you feel about this game, Tyrese? Uh, I felt like the Spurs, them not getting a shot up in the last six seconds kind of felt like they were just straight up taking. Um, It was like, what the heck? Like a five-second without even looking at the bench for a timeout. And then Keldon Johnson going up to like 35 feet, dribbling it off his dick, and then somehow not getting a shot up before the buzzer goes off. Like, I tweeted it. I'm like, Pop yelled out Wemby in the huddle, and they just went out there, and they did fuck all. So uh, I'm glad the Knicks won. I'm happy that another win happened. I'm happy that Brunson got his game off. But, like, man, that was that was a prison ball. 
that was the stuff you see at the rack after a night out. Like it was not aesthetically pleasing to watch. And then we have to go to Toronto, and then you guys see a bunch a bunch of dudes with seven foot wingspans locking their arms together. And besides, just go get some off the street. That's what he does. He just gets six, eight dudes. So this was ugly. It's probably going to get even uglier in Toronto. <coughs> Hopefully, the Knicks can play a better defense. I thought the defense was really spotty. But hopefully, they, they got it done today, so you can't really complain about it too much. Um. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, going to the box score, you see that – Brunson and and um, Randall, they really took a majority of the shots, um, both with twenty six and twenty seven respectively shots. Um, I feel like quickly um, and Grimes, they could have added a little bit more. Um, they had fourteen and fifteen points um, respectively. Um, you know, they were both doing their thing. Shout out to Grimes for that late contest um, that really made um, Keldon Johnson second guess shooting that shot. Um, to the point where they didn't get a shot off, but um, yeah, I think I think Grimes and quickly we've seen what they're capable of doing when when Brunson's not there. So I think um, I think there's a, a, a ability for them to like for the load not to be so much on Jalen Brunson and um, Randall, especially with RJ out. Um, so I think they they can share that load. I don't think those guys need to just be like standing in the corners catching shooting catch and shoot threes like they've shown they can do much more when given the opportunities and you know Grimes still has those opportunities where he's like um doing stuff off the off the catch and stuff like that but um it felt it felt more minimized today it felt like it was a lot of like Jalen Brunson RJ um, not RJ um Julius Randle dominate the ball um and you know like I said especially in the fourth quarters it's just something that's not really I mean JB had it going but like there's going to be nights where he doesn't, and we've seen nights where he doesn't have it going, and it, it, that type of style just it looks very, very bad. Um, so, but you know, we won today. He had it going. He had a career high. So, it's going to be a little bit on the back burner in terms of, I guess, like what people are looking for. But yeah. At the same time, though, like those guys need to want to take those shots, and I think a large problem um, that this team is having is like. Not a lot of guys want to take those shots. I mean, you look at someone like McBride, he only took two shots today. Like, guys need to be willing to take shots. And I know Grimes is a better trigger than what he showed in this game. But at the same time, we also know that Grimes is somewhat tentative when he's shooting, as albeit from the um, Dallas game where he was able to put them up. Um, so it's a matter of, like, maybe these guys are kind of playing for percentages. I don't want to, like, assume that, but, like, some guys just don't feel like shooting, especially when like you have really big like cores on the team like Randall and Brunson. You kind of just feel like you want to let them cook and you want to like be there to support them if they need it. But yeah, like someone like quickly, I think 13 shots is still good for quickly. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But this one, like this is where you miss RJ, where like RJ will is willing to take those shots when nobody else is willing to. And it might hurt his percentages, but at the same time, getting shots up is almost as important as making them. So you miss that you miss that production from him. And hopefully he comes back soon. But yeah, like the first, diversifying the offense, I'm all for it. But it's also a matter of like those guys need to be willing to take shots. Well, you do, to the to the point of um them taking shots, I feel like there's not a lot of opportunity, especially when we see these ISO heavy 
back to back to back to back to back possessions. Like we see possessions where it's just like one guy takes the ball down the court and the possession ends with that guy's hand, ball and with the guy with the guy that had the ball bringing it up, it ends with it, the ball in his hands as well. So I feel like that's part of the reason why we we don't see um, those guys able to put up shots. Because I mean, when when those guys got sh- their shots today, I mean. They, they pulled them. So I think it's just a matter of like giving them those more opportunities. But again, when JB's here, the, um, the, the shot diets, they change for a lot of guys. Um, because as we saw in the fourth quarter today, it becomes a lot of more like let JB cook, let Randall cook. Um, and you know, it worked today, thankfully, um, to a degree but there's going to be days where it doesn't. And I think we need to prepare those guys for those opportunities as well um, by opening up that offense a little bit more, but I'm asking for too much for Thibs right now. So. Yeah, I just, I, I agree <laughs> opening up the offense. I'm just skeptical of how much it can really open up because I'd like, I think you got to be willing to take those bad shots. And I don't know if a lot of people on this team are willing to take those bad shots. Aside from like quickly and RJ and of course Randall and Bunsen. But it's definitely a conversation to be had either way. Wow. Okay. I'm looking online. We are not the only team to blow a whatever point lead in like less than 50 seconds books are hilarious tonight. they blew a 11 point lead with 40 seconds and it's going to overtime Giannis has his like damn near quadruple double <laughs> he has 10 turnovers okay this game is nuts <laughs> but um well i mean you know this takes between this and donovan mitchell doing the free throw thing that luca did i think it takes all the heat off the knicks what they did like yeah, i think we... that that is like long gone. Like I, I hope everyone forgot that. Like, because as soon as, as soon as that seventy-one, like Donovan Mitchell dropped seventy-one points, we were clear. Nobody's nobody's focused on that. The league has been dropping too many points for that. Everybody's been focused on that still. Hopefully, um, but yeah, I mean, back to the Knicks. Um, they're not blowing. They didn't blow a lead today, so you know, thankfully, we don't have to talk about that. But um, yeah, I mean, um, I actually wrote notes for today's game, which I haven't done in a while. Let me see what I had in my notes. Um, oh yeah, one big issue today. Oof. The bench desperately misses like the RJ OB. Um, oh, and we have Schwinn joining us. But yeah, um, hey Schwinn. But yeah, I, I was saying the bench, they definitely missed the um the OB and the RJ staggering points of it. Um, because like today we got demolished on the bench points. Like I don't know what it was, but at one point it was like 51 to like 18 bench points. Um the Spurs were absolutely killing it. I mean, you had they had guys, Josh Richardson, Zach Collins, and Doug McDermott single-handedly like washed us. Can we just get rid of Isaiah Hartenstein, please? <laughs> like, I don't know. If you watch his minutes back, go, go watch his minutes. Go watch his minutes when he came back, came in in the first quarter because Mitch decided to play like a fucking moron today. Um, go watch. Just watch all of the Spurs possessions and watch every single time. As soon as he checked in, every single possession, 
they put him in a screen and roll of some kind, dribble handoff, an actual pick and roll, whatever it was. They put him in a screening action and he just doesn't have any impact. He has no impact. He is. I don't care what his fucking defensive field goal percentage allowed at the rim is. He has no impact. Then, and even when he contests a shot, how you count how many times he contests a shot, the guy misses and his man somehow gets in front of him for a fucking rebound. He had one today where he helped on a drive. Okay, he contests the shot. The shot goes up. He just turns around. I think it was. I think it was. It was either Zach Collins or Jakob Pertl got the offensive rebound, and Hardenstein literally just watches. He just watches, and meanwhile, Deuce somehow gets over there and tries to contest the shot. I think he ended up fouling him, so he had to make free throws. But it was like, like he has his reaction time is awful. I, I don't care. I, I maybe Tibbs is fucking ruining everything about him that's good because of how he's using it on both ends of the floor. But, like, I ultimately, I just, I can't, I can't watch this guy. He, he's, he's so soft. He commits the dumbest fouls. He had a fucking play today where he got the ball wide open under the rim after Brunson stole it off that weird-ass rebound thing. And he almost kicked it out when he was, like, he had, like, Josh Richardson on him. He almost kicked it out. Thank God he put up a shot. He actually took free throws. I think he made both, even. But, like, he, he just consistently makes the dumbest possible plays at all times. And I'm flat out, like, I don't care if Jericho Sims, like, yeah, look, he struggles at times with rim protection, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. He's better. He fits this team better. I think you see a massive difference when he runs a pick and roll with somebody like a quickly or a Brunson versus when they run it with Hartenstein because Hartenstein only rolls for that, for that dumbass fucking floater that he likes taking. Um, I'm he never hits, good. by the way. Like that, that Who shit cares? Is... He takes like three a game. You're fucking. You're gonna praise that? I don't give a shit. I said he never hits it. Oh, good, good job, Tyrese. Rare W. <laughs> but like he, he's just he, he's. Just, I, I can't, I can't watch him. Um, and then the other problem is like when Julius has a space good at defensive game like he did today. Mitch, if Mitch isn't with it, which he was not with it today, like Hartenstein cannot cover for that at all. He cannot cover for it. Um, and he, he like, thank God Tibbs, you know, had his come to Jesus moment, found religion and played Sims instead of fucking Hardenstein to close the game. Cause I don't, there's no chance we win that shit with that fucking idiot playing center. Um, but Sims, Sims, he, he I thought he had struggled a bit defensively at times, but down the stretch, he came up big, uh, Julius dialed it up just enough in, in the nick of time defensively, um, I don't know what the hell Brunson and and him were doing for most of the night on defense, but at the same time, apparently they're the only people allowed to touch the ball on offense. So I was just yeah. I was just speaking to Terry's yeah. about that um about like how we should like open up the offense more because we've seen what these guys can do, and they're much more capable of doing they're they're doing they're they're capable of doing much more than just standing in the corner. Quickly took and... twenty seven shots against this team last week and scored thirty six points, and yeah. today he the only time he was allowed to like create offense. Guess what? He scored like three out of four buckets. I think he got fouled on the one shot that he had at the rim that rimmed out. But like, like, why are you not enabling these guys more? Grimes played 36 minutes and took eight shots. And he was five of eight for 13 points. Like, what the hell? And like we saw in the fourth quarter, I was telling Tyrese too, I was like in the fourth quarter, it became super ISO heavy with JB and Randall. And like, thankfully it worked today. But like some nights it just doesn't work because either one of them doesn't have it going. And we need to like prepare those other guys for like those opportunities to like be able to create in those oppor- in, the, in those moments. Yeah, that, I, I just man, I, I again, I, I, 
I am not. I don't. I don't want to do the tips thing. I can't do the tips thing anymore. But like, it is really impossible for me to watch these fucking fourth quarters. I mean, this idea that you had like everything in the in the fourth quarter has to be become this slow down, dribble it out ISO is absolute nonsense. Like, well, look at what the Spurs are doing to us. And okay, we don't have a Doug McDermott, and I don't think Quentin Grimes is that level of you know movement shooter, right? But like, we don't even know. We don't even know because we never try it. We never put him in a position where it's like, hey, and I don't get it because we, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, we did that a lot with Fournier last year. We did. So why can you not try doing that shit for Quentin Grimes? Like, I, I, again, I cannot say enough about guys like Grimes and Quickly and their willing and their compete level when they are so restricted in what they can do offensively. I don't think like it is so hard to stay locked in and, and not just stay locked in, but really play with the effort and energy uh, that they do consistently on defense. And, and I, I don't even think Grimes had a really good defensive game today. I, I thought, I mean, this to me was like a very much, maybe they're just talking about the Spurs that our guys struggle with, but like aside from quickly, I really did not think anybody was particularly good on defense, like as a, as a collective team unit uh although i guess like sims again and randall they they dialed it up just in the nick of time down the stretch uh and grimes obviously had that great play to close the game out right on on kelton johnson but like like i i don't even mind that you have some slippage on defense in moments like this like they they are a weird team to cover like all doug mcdermott has always been an annoying player to cover because he literally doesn't stop moving um but like the the offense i mean I, i just I don't know. Like, I'm happy we have Brunson because he makes that shit work. But that was brutal, brutal down the stretch in the fourth quarter, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it just was not fun to watch. There wasn't really a lot of plans. It was just the whole LeBron Cook offense. And when it works, it's great, but it doesn't work as much given the personnel. How many assists did we have today as a team? 14, I think? 19. That's... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's like absolutely ridiculous you cannot have 19 assists on i think 42 made shots against the worst like the, they're literally the worst defense in the league i think right basically think they're, they're down there yeah <laughs> they're not houston but like they're down there oh my god man that is yeah houston is just we played like we shot like absolute piss against them we had 108 points yeah like <laughs> a decent shooting that against houston they put a bump shift too but like yeah, the lack of ball movement is definitely a problem. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, 16 assists on 45 made shots. Wow, 16. Ouch. And they shot 48% from the field, so not like they weren't shooting well either. Like, they straight up, it was just ISO. It was ISO and pull-up jumpers and get your offense off. I wonder how many of those 16 assists went to base as well. Probably a ton of them. I mean, they might, they mainly made the most of the assists came from Brunson and IQ. So it was probably like short rolls, like to like Hartenstein or like Randall cuts to like Grimes when he was cutting stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of stuff going to the basket. Um, <clears throat> it's time for everyone's favorite part of these shows. So let me. Arius leaves. Is that. Is that the best part? No. Um, <laughs> it's time for the ad read. Everyone's favorite part. Everyone loves to skip through on the day after. Um, the NBA season is heating up. 
Um, when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and much more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Um, download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligible restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So let's get to some comments. They'll help guide our conversation as we, you know. Roll through these. S. Arthur says in his fifth season, Mitch has to win these matchups. Awful game by him. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It was rough from him. Like I know Jacoperto is like the league's best kept secret for analytics, but at the same time, like you should be more effective than being only being able to play 13 minutes because you're in foul trouble. And he's been good at limiting these recently. He hasn't had as many of these games, but it just sucks that it had to happen against this level of competition. If it happens against like a better center, then I would understand it. But it can't happen against Jakob Pergo in this first. I mean, he just sunned DeAndre Ayton the other day. Exactly. Like, you can't go from sunning DeAndre Ayton and tweeting about it and making TikToks about it to getting beat up by Jakob Pergo twice in a week. The, the thing is, tonight, though, like, it, so this, it was bad. But, like, it wasn't bad in the ways that it's, like he wasn't. He didn't even. He didn't even have a chance to play bad. You know what yeah, I mean? Like he was like out of the game for so long. Yeah, and and to be fair to him, I thought the second foul he picked up was total bullshit. That was a clean block. Um, I think that was yo Kelvin Johnson. He might be one of the most annoying players nobody talks about in the NBA. This guy spent the entire fucking game crying, just absolutely crying and bitching and moaning. Did you see that close up of him bitching about that out of bounds call on the bench? Yeah, he was, like, jumping up and down and shit like that. Get this fucking loser out of here, man. Good <laughs> Lord. I regret ever wanting to trade for him. He is such a fucking tool. Jesus Christ. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I thought Mitch, like, look, I'm with you. You can't – he's too good and he's too valuable to us to have a game like this. But uh, I think it's, like, it says something about the talent level of this team – that one, they can be, they did not take the Spurs seriously. That was very obvious throughout the game. That they can get, I think, what was a bad game from Julius. I know he scored, but not even efficiently today. I thought he made bad decisions offensively. He was not locked in on defense. He decided that the leading scorer of the Spurs is somebody that he should not bother defending for about 45 minutes of the game, which was an interesting choice to put him on their best scorer. Um like Randall played terribly. I thought Brunson's defense was atrocious. Obviously, he has a get a great offensive game. We talked about the offensive issues with like not getting other guys involved. I, and I like I mentioned before, I really didn't think anybody other than Quickly played very well defensively, and even he had some fuck ups. Which I think if you, I, I would like to go back and watch some of them because I I noticed Evan Fournier's involvement on more than a couple. Um, yeah, I was just about to say Evan Fournier's minutes tonight were rough, man. <laughs> I was he, about to like start retweeting tweets from last year that have had of Evan Fournier like trade ideas and shit. He, like he fucked up so many screening actions today with quickly. It was ridiculous to watch. Um, but like 
they won the game. Uh, and like the fact that they can do that again, getting nothing from their starting center, basically nothing from the bench and RJ out and OB still out like that is fucking nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, when OB gets back, they've got some serious decisions. They, they got to make a serious decision there because I, I just can't see how anybody watching this team right now thinks Isaiah Hardenstein is doing anything that is of value to us. And we can just, dis- and, and people can disagree on what those reasons might be. Like, you know, Tibbs is you misusing him or he just sucks. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. I think that, I think that excuse is like played out at this point. Like I do too. He's, he's got to adjust to like what the team is doing at this point. It's like what game almost, almost game 40 halfway through the season. Like you mm-hmm. got to adjust to what your role is. Like if it's not what you signed up for, then like, just ask to sit out and, you know, work out a trade and I'm I'm just saying, man, I'm telling you, like, between Hartenstein, Rose is expiring and Reddish is expiring. That's enough salary to, like, go get somebody that is legit. Maybe it's a player that's overpriced on another team that they don't want anymore, but, like, that can get you somebody legit, uh, I think. And, and, you know, obviously they got all these protected first. Like, I don't know what the hell they're planning on doing with them. Uh, I think it's fair to say that those protected first aren't going to move the needle for a superstar, but they can move the needle in a, in a situation like this. Um, I don't know. I would like for them to do something with that. And I do think they need another wing. Uh, Obi coming back will be helpful because I can't watch any of this heart and science sim stuff anymore. It was a fun little experiment, but like, obviously it does not work over a longer sample offensively Brunson. Thank God Tibbs staggered in the second half and had Brunson play with them because that made those minutes a little bit more palatable but like i I, if i gotta watch quickly induce with those guys anymore and like anytime they they drive and then there's nowhere to go it's just i don't even know what to say it's just really frustrating but like look i'm happy the next one um but they they got rj i don't care if this fucking guy's finger isn't back isn't healed by Thursday, Friday or whatever. I, I don't know. Like, I, I cannot, we can't run the, like we're running dudes into the ground quickly play the entire second half. If I remember correctly, Grimes yeah. played 36 minutes. Like, and I get like deuce, like, I don't even know what to say about deuce. Cause I get that he's not being aggressive enough offensively or whatever, but like he didn't even get to do anything today. Like he, I don't Ten know. Minutes. Like, yeah. I just don't understand that. I think, it, w- it would have been okay to play him a few more minutes. Um, but, like, look, it, it is what it is. I-, I don't know. We just need RJ to get back. We need Obi to get back. Uh, and I think we still could use a trade for another wing very, very desperately. Terry, any wings on the mind? Doug McDermott is coming. He would be great. I would love I I, I forgot I, how I, much I loved him. Yeah, I honestly think Doug McDermott would help a lot. Maybe not defensively, but, like, they need somebody who can straight up just score the basket at this point. Like, Quickly needs a release valve, um, I think, in that bench unit. And well, he's especially like really good at drive and kick. Quickly, I think he's easily our best drive and kick player. So, like, yes. I yeah, I, I think yeah, you we just need you need somebody that he can kick to. Like that, that's that's basically what you need, right? Yeah, because he, he's he's kicking to like Deuce <laughs> and Hartenstein. He kicked to Hartenstein in the corner today. And did you see Hartenstein hold his pose? Yo, that up. shit pisses me <laughs> off, man. He holds the pose and it's like a straight like moonshot air ball. It's like Jesus, dude. Yeah, I, I would honestly give him like Derrick Rose in a couple seconds. I don't think that Duck Victor is gonna get you anything. If not Doug Victor, like Josh Richardson, I think the Spurs could be a really good trick partner for this team. 
I traded for Doug McDermott in 2K um, in my Knicks rebuild thread. I think I traded I him for Julius Randle. I know you were nasty. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I think the I think Spurs actually have a couple players. Um, if you want to, like, get – if you want to get just real boring and fundamental, you could do, like, Amir Coffee or somebody like that. I would like I've been talking player. about Amir Coffee for a while. I think he's just like – like, you just need an innings eater, right? Like, you don't necessarily yeah. need somebody great. You just need somebody who's not – like I would like somebody who can move. That would be nice. Like just move, move like molasses. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I don't think. Yeah, plus like a beer coffee's on a really good contract too. He's getting yep. paid yep. like three million dollars for the next two years. So like he may legitimately be like a really solid piece. So yeah, I would do like, like on a beer coffee would be nice. Plus he's not getting minutes. Um, yeah, he's out of the rotation, right? Yeah, like he's like a fringe rotation player. Where like he plays, but he usually plays if somebody's hurt. Is and Covington totally shot now? Because he's out of the rotation too. Right? I think they've been playing him as of late. Oh, he's cool. like a little bit. He's like he's on the edge of being shot. Mm. But I also think that it's a matter of like he's just not playing either. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think he definitely he's like in and out of the rotation essentially. Yeah, they they got to find a guy. They really really need to. Um, but I will say this, like, look, I have no idea what Emmanuel Quickly's minutes are going to look like when RJ gets back. I hope they're not as stupid as they were right before RJ got injured. Um, but like, I like the fact that he's getting a chance to play a lot and he keeps showing that regardless of what his ever changing role is, he just finds ways to help you win ball games. He's uh, got that MIDI going now. Yeah. Yeah. He had a, he had the two of them in the second half that I thought were like, the most confident I've seen him take that shot. And it wasn't the floater, right? It was a proper mid-range jumper. So that's huge for him. Like, if he starts hitting that, I think it change, It opens up so much shit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, the possibilities of what he can be become even more endless as we all imagine they can be. Um, <clears throat> oh, my gosh. But... um. Yeah, I was talking to to Tyrese um, last post game about like what Stibbs gonna do minutes wise when I when RJ comes back and like he has to balance IQ, Grimes and RJ's minutes. Like <laughs> he's really good at that. He's really yeah, good at it. Yeah, I mean he did such a great <laughs> job, but you know before the injury, like I mean seeing what they can do now given like the extra like room to grow and stuff like that. Like how can you? push them back into these roles where they're just like sitting in the corner, like hands open, waiting for a pass to shoot. Like, how can you just like push them back into those roles after seeing what they've done with expanded roles when RJ comes back? Like, don't you want to like release some of that, like well, it's usage on those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, this is, I just cannot... Look! Look at the use. I got. I, I got to look it up. I got to look up what the usage splits were from when the new rotation happened. I'll, I'll do it once I shut the fuck up here. Um, but like, the usage splits are bananas, and it's not just like he has no ability to spread out usage because he calls a play out on every single fucking play, and each one apparently is some type of like elbow iso post up thing for either Brunson or Randall, or RJ when he's back. I, it's just, a, I, I don't know. It's really crazy. And I just think it's like, I don't know. I cannot, like, it's like you're watching the Bulls offense. Okay, DeRozan's going to get a shot. Okay, Levine's going to get a shot. 
And then every now and then they both decide that it's okay if Vucevic gets a touch. Like, like why? Like we we can uh, we can hope for more, and we have the talent to do more. Like you have these dudes that are like actually versatile pieces, especially you know and, you know specifically in the cases of like quickly Grimes and Obi when he's healthy that we just don't do anything to like really lean into that when when Brunson, RJ, and 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 Randall are all like healthy, or at least two of those three are healthy. We just don't do it. I I don't know. I, I it's tough, man. I, I really don't understand these the the logic there. Um, again, I am trying very hard not to discuss the continued employment of Tom Thibodeau. It is what it is. So uh, I'm just gonna hope that that gets better because it is nice to see that like the shot distribution, like our shot chart is actually better this year. Um, although today I think it was a little bit mid range heavy, but I, that's probably because Brunson just had it going. So whatever. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, again, with, I, I would struggle to say that we are doing a great job of maximizing what we have. I don't necessarily think that what, what Tibbs is doing is terrible offensively, but I, I don't think it's optimizing it or maximizing it or whatever. But like, it says something about the talent on this team that it's very vanilla. Have, yeah, yeah, and it, it says something about the team that, like, even with all of that, they're basically a top ten offense. Um, like that says something about the talent level of the roster, which people will always pretend is like this talentless sack of shit that is stuck in purgatory forever for some reason. Um, it's it's, the mech- it's, not- it's the name. It's the name value of the guys. The guys' yeah. names don't have enough luster yet. Yeah, I mean, I know that. In, I know, like, I know that in Tyrese's mind, though, that Julius Randle will always have luster. <laughs> I was right. Cry. <laughs> why, why aren't you? Why aren't you on the screen? Because I look horrible, and I've been doing grad school work. He is. He is continuing his setup of of, of his Julius Randle shrine. <laughs> the, the shrine is already anointed, dude. Got the LED lights behind it. Is it like the Hey Arnold shrine? Yes. <laughs> just, just in the closet. Candles are lit. I wake up and I pray to it every morning. And it turns out my, my voodoo has worked. So, Or maybe just the calendar. I don't know. It is definitely the calendar. He likes odd years better than even years. So. Hey, man. I don't know, man. He, he's a Scorpio, isn't he? I don't know. That's how that shit works. Who cares? Who cares what his sign is? <laughs> no, he's a Scorpio. I don't know. That shit works. Just don't fit me. I don't know. Oh man! All right, so I mean, should we start talking about the matchup next game? Playing prison uh, ball in Toronto. I'll just—I just want to mention this real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> these numbers are ridiculous, by the way. Oh, you found the usage numbers? Yeah. So if you just if for the whole season, mm-hmm. if you look if so in the minutes that Randall and Brunson play together, this is the like they Randall twenty seven point two usage, Brunson twenty six point four usage. RJ Barrett, 25.2 usage. Okay. So that's basically around 78, 79 usage between those three. Mm-hmm. Here's just numbers for various other guys. Evan Fournier and 100. They, they played 869 minutes together. Uh, Brunson and Randall. RJ has played 766 of those minutes with them. So here's just some other guys. Cam Reddish, 206 minutes, 13.8 usage. Evan <laughs> Fournier, 157 minutes, 18.7 usage. Wow. OB Toppin randomly, 52 minutes, 17.3 usage. Quentin Grimes, 422 minutes, a whopping 13 usage. Jesus. Manuel quickly, 
182 minutes, a stellar 11.4 usage. Like (laughs) this is not, this is not sustainable. This is not, or even if it's sustainable, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not a contender. You're not a contender. You can't do this. You're not exploring like the, all of the possible outcomes and potential ceiling, whatever you want to call it for this team by operating this way. And I just, Look, I may, hopefully I'm wrong and Tibbs has something up his sleeve and now we're all going to come out and everybody's going to be slinging the ball around and the usage is going to be way more. Like, I just think this is, look, it, it, it is what it is. So uh, it is, I mean, look, those numbers are crazy. So, um, and I would venture to guess, like, even if you take, you know, I can, I'll pull this up, all right? Brunson and RJ together. So all their minutes together, 836 minutes together. 25.8 usage for Brunson, 25.4 for RJ, 26.6 and 766 minutes for Randall. Here's the rest. Quentin Grimes, 12.8 usage, 353 minutes. Isaiah Hartenstein, 230 minutes, 11.5 usage. That doesn't really bother me because our centers just don't get usage. Cam Reddish, 191 minutes, 12.5 usage. Fournier, 169 minutes, 17.9 usage. Quickly, 131 minutes, 14.2 usage. Obi top in 97 minutes, 17.9 usage. Um, they're just every com every combination of two of these three guys, you just see that like nobody else gets to eat. If he has two of those three guys, nobody else gets to eat. Um, here's this is uh RJ and Julius. Okay, they've played 856 minutes together. In 766 minutes with those three, with those two, Brunson 25.3 usage, RJ 25.4 usage. Julius, 27.2 usage. Again, here we go. Evan Fournier, 161 minutes, 19.1 usage. Obi Toppin, 43 minutes, 17.3 usage. Quickly, 145, 13.7 usage. Quentin Grimes, 368 minutes, 12.9 usage. Cam Reddish, 199 minutes, 12.8 usage. Like, you're giving Grimes and quickly, like, Mitchell Robinson level level usage. I don't know what this, like, I don't know how anybody thinks that this is the best we can hope for. It's bananas i i don't know i again i just i'm just gonna say my piece and not mention what my conclusion is from all that but i'm happy to go i'm happy the knicks are winning ball games and that they will have a winning record go just to go i'll (laughs) say it we haven't said it on here in a while me and tyrese have like fully like left the dibs conversation alone for for forever because we just know that nothing is going to change of it like once that eight game win streak happened i think like that bought him the whole season honestly like that brought him a get I mean, out of well, bought him the whole, like he's gonna have an all-star potentially too they're still a top 10 team by like every metric that you can think of ultimately speaking like sadly there's like, just a, there's just a ceiling to it that's all yeah there's a, there's a ceiling to it but ultimately speaking like for the regular season yeah it's fine d- yeah and like we know that, but at the same time, but like, like you're wondering what the front office like, how far ahead is their vision when like looking at these at this stuff? Because like they're seeing all this like success, but like do they think that it can be levied into like being further into the future? Like, is it something that they can be that can be sustainable? Do does the front office think that? I mean, at the same time though, like this is buying them time to make that decision, which is the whole point of it. Like if. If you're able to be like, we made the playoffs two times in three years, we have an all-star caliber player locked up on the on the contract long-term, and we have all these picks, like the future situation, it looks great. The current situation looks great. 
And it's also a matter of just like, you know, they have all the pieces and then you know they can make the move whatever they want to make the move. Well, they just, they have the currency to make trades. Like like the, I hate when people are like they're locked in because yeah, if you just look at a cap sheet, like sure, they're locked in. But it's like obviously the trade market exists. Um, like the and they have the raw tools still to like make a move, right? They still have opportunities in trade. Um, so yeah, like I I think there's a ceiling with this group, even obviously, like, look, this is not like Tibbs isn't exactly it, it, like it, the ceiling he's putting on this group isn't like restricting us from being a championship level team. I do think that this team could probably be, I think it could be a little more frisky than, than Tibbs is allowing it to be. But um, like to ultimately get to that championship type of level, they're going to have to make a trade at some point. So that's the reality, no matter who the coach is or anything like that. Right. I, I don't think anybody really disagrees with that. Yeah. Like at this point, you're just like, let's see how far he could take us. And maybe if you have like back to back choice round losses, then like maybe you make a trade. But at this point, like he's winning in the regular season and the team hasn't won in the regular season aside of one year for like a decade. So, uh, Tyrese, your, uh, your favorite team in Brooklyn lost today. The My streak favorite- is over. My, why do I have a favorite team in Brooklyn? Finally. <laughs> Finally. Of and also the Bulls? Yeah. yeah the, <laughs> the, Bulls uh. are, the Bulls are an enigma, man. Like, <laughs> you give up 71 points to Donovan Mitchell, and then you come out and you beat the – you break the net streak. Hottest team I, in the NBA, right? They'd won 12 straight, was it? 12 straight. It's so funny how they've won 12 straight, and as many people care about that in New York as they – as do in Texas. Yeah, like, no, no, nobody cares about the Nets winning 12 straight, <laughs> including me. I don't know, dude. You've always identified as like such a passionate Brooklynite. <laughs> Am I Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I, I am like. I still think we need a. So this is. I I want to bring this up. I was talking to to Jeremy Cohen about this, and like, like, and I know that you like OG Ananobi, and like that's fine. My thing is, I'm watching this team, like just our, you know, the next or whatever, right? And I watch it, and I'm like, okay, if you want to go get a higher usage wing, and you know, if that's to replace Grimes or replace RJ or replace whoever, okay, that's we can talk about that. And like, I'm not suggesting the Knicks. I don't want the Knicks to do a trade for OG Ananobi, but um, I, I'm bringing this up. Cause I'm, I'm curious to get your guys thoughts on this. What my argument was, was like, if they're committed to Brunson and Randall, which it does seem like they are committed to them in some capacity. I do think if you're bringing in a guy who ostensibly you're bringing in to help juice your offense up even more, I think it needs to be just a really a more high volume three point shooter. Because, and a quick decision maker, which is like not what OG Ananobi is. Like, he's not a super high volume three point shooter. I'm sure that Tyrese has watched him more than anybody here. And I would, I, I don't know if he would push back on the idea that 
OG Ananobi is not exactly the quickest decision maker when he gets the ball. OG Ananobi is a really good fourth option and needs to be treated as such. He's they're trying to goal. they've been trying to up his usage for three years and it hasn't worked because he's just not that type of player. Like you right. don't want him taking shots off the dribble. You don't so, want him trying to like do anything from a creation standpoint because he's not that type of player. Ask right. their fan base though, and he's the second coming of Kawhi. So it's Christ. So what do you think about that? Because like like if I were to just think like, look, I, I'm not. I, this is not about. Do I want to keep Randall and Brunson forever? Like, let's just. I think it's safe to say that they, as things stand, that's likely those two would be here. So when I'm looking at like, okay, the center spot, we know they're not going to have a high usage guy there. Okay, they're just not. So you're talking about these two two wing spots. When I look at how Brunson and Randall play, like even if you know you get a different coach who's got them zipping the ball around. Just they're inherently going to take a lot of shots, right? Um, but like they're also guys that play inside out, or ideally you want them playing inside out. Randall had some weird stretches where he decides to take like 15 threes or whatever, but he's you want him playing inside out. Do, do you think that like that's the accurate read that you want those two wing guys to be not necessarily super dynamic on ball shot creators? Um, obviously, you any shot creation is nice, but that it's better if those guys are regardless of what type of shot creator they are, or what level of shot creator they are, if they're high level, high volume, three point shooting guys. Yeah. I mean, essentially you want guys just throwing up threes. Like you want whatever, like you want a Ricky year wiring quit and grimes. And then you want like somebody who's willing to take like six threes a game, just next to them. Like if McCall Bridges took more threes, that would be the ideal player that you want. Yeah. I was supposed to say like a high level three and D like super high level three and D guys. Who can like do stuff off the dribble and who can like have stuff on the bounce and isn't just like containment called Pope. You want somebody on the who could like thread the needle between I'm capable of being like a creator at times, but I'm also able to just scale scale down and just hit threes and play defense. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I'm just like it's I'm not I this is not I know that Tyrese will take this that this way. But this is not a shot at Obi, but like it's it's you look at how Devin Vassell has developed and just like his game, like he's he'd be perfect um, as like another wing, even if it's not as a starter. Right. Like even if you saw RJ and Grimes, having a third wing like Devin Vassell would be perfect for us. Um, and I'm like, I'm honestly still very surprised. I, I guess we knew that they had connections to Obi all throughout. But like I I'm I, I'm convinced that if. Obi had gone before they picked, they were going to take Vassell. I, I I really believe that. Probably. And yeah. I think maybe this 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 draft coming up is probably where they're going to like take Get a swing way. at one of those. That Jed third Howard. Way. Jed Howard. It needs to be Jed Howard. I don't care. Would you trade both of our picks for Devin Vassell? No. How about no. one and another one of our predicted first? Probably. I'm not trading both the picks of this draft because the draft is too deep. Yeah, that's fair. Right. That's... Because, I tend to agree with you based on nothing but what Prez DMs me every day. Like, um, literally, it's just me and Prez talking about, oh, this guy could go round one. Oh, wait, never mind. This guy's not going round one because, like, this draft is legitimately, like, you're going to find dudes in the second round who stick in the league for 10 years. And I'm not being, like, hyperbole about that, but this draft is loaded. You thought well, I mean, the was good? I, I, I mean, that, I think that's fair to say, too, because, like, most of the, like, as you can see with these last couple drafts, like, I mean, just look at what, where we have been drafting and look at the type of players that we've been able to acquire. So I think that's, like, a fair assumption to see, to say, like, that's where the league is heading in terms of draft quality these next couple years, especially with, like, 
When's the when's the double draft supposed to start happening? Like not happening. Is that the, happening? Yeah, the D League event is not happening. Oh, okay. I would be shocked unless that's like a CBA change. Like I would be shocked if that happens because like the D League yeah. United basically like the pathway to bro. Bro, Trey Young is so ugly. Holy shit! <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I'm just such watching a, them. Such a wild stray. Just Dude. watching them play right now. I mean, like, came out of nowhere. Like, uh, I mean, like he does not make good decisions. Like, if we want to shut a Trey Young real quick, we can do that. Dude, like, he's. I would hate. Like, I. They gotta trade him. I'm sorry. Like, he's awful to play with. Yeah, like, nobody. Again, I think nobody likes him. His shots are like so. He's regressed offensively. I mean, the numbers yeah. are still there, but like he's regressed offensively. The thing, yeah, I mean, the, I I think I buy the three point person. I don't think he's like he's gonna shoot better from three, right? He's he's not gonna be what he's like at thirty right now. You know, that'll come up, but he's never gonna be Steph. Like, and that's kind of, like the way he plays. He actually needs to be Steph level of efficiency to justify how awful he is on defense and how ball dominant he is. Like. I mean, I, I haven't watched them too much, but, like, him and DeJounte aren't, like, palling around anymore, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were all buddy-buddy, you know, fucking clowning the Rockets, and I feel like they're DeJounte's kind of like, eh, eh, I don't know. I don't know about this guy, but, uh, oh God, he's just such a miserable fucking loser. I, I just feel like if you piss off everybody that you play with, and... The problem's you. Yeah, like the problem is him. He's gonna get rid of two coaches in what five years. Dude really? says he's considering resigning. Like, no. How do you make a coach resign? Like, like he, he's not. Come on, let's resign. let's be real. He's not gonna res- resign because if he resigns, he doesn't get his money. He's True. just he's just waiting for them to fire him. That's all. Yes. Yeah. He's he, he knows the game. Um, you know who actually? You know who I was thinking would be perfect as like a bench wing for us? Who? Alec Burks. <laughs> Yeah, we was we was talking about that yeah, the last yeah. post game. We was talking he's, about Alec Burks. He's, he's been killing it. He's literally the villain. It's like he's passable on defense. It's, it's so obvious that they kept Rose to make Tibbs happy. happy. But like he should have been the he should have been the guy that they dumped because ultimately, like the Pistons didn't do that trade for Burks, right? They did that trade because they wanted the dirt. They wanted dirt. That's ultimately like because they. I mean, I I know there were two separate trades. I feel like they're all connected. They like, are. Like, the Kemba piece, and you know, I think ultimately like that's what it was. So, God, it's. I'm again not not trying to look. Alec Burks would be nice. He'd also get played like 45 minutes a night. And yes, he would. Yeah. He would be. He, he would have started a point. He was one of Thibs's favorite toys. Yeah, he would have started a point uh, when when everybody got hurt too. So definitely, um, I guess. We'll just have to appreciate Mr. Burks from afar. Yes, um, until the coach is gone. We'll, we'll get we'll get him back next year. Hopefully, hopefully the I'll coach be awesome. is gone. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm telling, like they can't trade for him obviously because I'm CBA rules, but he, he literally would be the perfect release valve for quickly, and he's passable enough on defense. To we, where, like, we know this because him and quickly were fucking awesome together for two years. Like, like <laughs> they were awesome together. Um, the, you look at their efficiency numbers; they were basically at their best when they played off of each other. Um, yes. And I think, like, Burks, Burks as your second creator in bench units is fucking awesome. Like, really awesome. Uh, and he would also, you know what Burks would help us do? You know what I have faith in Burks doing? He would consistently make free throws. Um, that would be good. 
Yeah. I'm brings just... us to this comment by JL Brunson shoot better than Mitch from the free throw line challenge. <laughs> Very hard. Dude, he got so pissed on like those missed free throws. He just started like cursing like out loud at the he's free gonna, throw line. He's like, I think he's like, it's not good actually. It's he's in his own head about it. It's like, dude, yeah. You missed a couple free throws in a regular season game that like probably three months from now, nobody's going to get. He's acting like he missed free throws in like the NBA finals. Yeah. Like Nick Anderson, like my guy, relax. It's, it's, he keeps it's talking December. about it. He keeps it's talking December. about it. He, was, he said it today. He said it after the post, after the last game, right? He's like, Oh, I got I, I missed too many free throws. It's like, dude, fucking chill, bro. Like he's going to turn to Nick Anderson. He's going to yeah. shoot like 56% from the rest of his career now. Yeah, because, do because he missed a couple free throws against DeMar DeRozan. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, like, I appreciate the fact that he's pissed about it, but at the same time, like, I feel like Brunson is one of the dudes who, like, it, uh, like, it absorbs him until he, like, gets better at it, which I don't yeah. know if that's good in this city, especially. Vegeta. Vegeta-ass mindset. <laughs> <laughs> he's acting like Vegeta with the free throws. Like, relax, guy. Relax. Yeah. I, that's actually the perfect time for, for how, like, how he's been acting. He's basically just Vegeta level spite, where he's just, like, doing it. Um... But yeah, like I, they did a wing. Um, like Austin Reeves would be nice. If is he a free agent this summer? Oh, restricted free agent, unfortunately. Well, the Lakers like, are cheap though, so yeah, exactly. Like yeah, they don't like keeping good talent if they have to pay him. I mean, at this point, the Knicks probably get LeBron. <laughs> like, the, do you know what the Knicks should actually do? I'm not even joking. They should offer them Cam Reddish for Austin Reeves. I know LeBron would do that. Yeah, he's clutch. I think you'd do that. I would do that. I would, I mean, I would offer Cam Reddish for like a tuna sandwich and <laughs> some hot a Cheetos. Sandwich. No, it, let's be real. If you were running the Knicks, you you would assign Cam Reddish to the G League because you're spiteful. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. And Obi oh would have been gosh. there right with him. All right. Oh, God. Way to drag the joke, Tyrese. And ruin we could trip for, for Chris Duarte. What did I, I like? I sure, you know what I understand. He makes like all the old people jokes for Obi Toppin, but like Chris Duarte, who's like seventy five years old, he has, <laughs> no, he has no smoke for him. Who is no like not even a particularly good shooter? Okay, he was and he's like shooter, always right? in the hospital. Like he's always in the hospital. Hey, I mean, look, maybe maybe A-R- again. ARP is expensive, dude. Get getting into a city, uh, maybe with some more more home lounges. cooking for him. Yeah, more more Dominican food for him. Maybe that'll uh, Maybe. elevate his game to another level. It'll be him and Prez in the coquito slot. <laughs> <laughs> Hug, Life, Hug Life says the Bucks were giving Scotty Barnes the Ben Simmons treatment. If there was ever a time to unleash a zone, this is the game. Do the Knicks know how to unleash a zone? I've never seen them play zone under tips. Not once. They're, they're never yeah. going to do it. I don't think that the Knicks know how to play zone. It's they like know how to like shrink for, versus zone, but they don't know how for, to. Forget Barnes. This today against the Spurs would have been the perfect like that you're what so many you, non-shooters out there. Like Trey Jones, this guy does not want to shoot. He does not want to shoot threes at all. It was like hilarious watching him snake around pick and rolls like 15 times just to avoid shooting a three. He was just gnashing all game. Like he would get two feet into the paint and go, nope, not doing it. And then <sighs> back it out and then go back in. It was just funny. Yeah, I, I Look, he's not a bad player, but yeah, I, I don't know if he's. He looks like a. He'd be a good solid bench point guard for a lot. He's of he's that. Deuce McBride. If Deuce McBride basically got the ball and played thirty minutes a night, if Deuce McBride found his balls and started taking some shots, yeah, like this is the most annoying thing about Deuce. It's like 
he's like I I do think he needs to get more minutes, but I also need him in those minutes to like shoot, not shoot the look, ball. Yeah, like and, not like, look so, shoot the like, ball with confidence. Yeah, I mean I'm happy he made <laughs> he made what one three today, so good for him. But like he two shots. So. Yeah, exactly. He's just got to shoot. There was him. one game I think it was the Rockets game where he was like there was a stretch where he went like zero for like eight or zero. He was for one nine. for ten in that game, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. it was rough. It's just like it's so weird to me that he like like I get that a lot of NBA guy like shitty NBA players can go to the G League and light it up, but it's not that he's shooting poorly to me. It's like he goes to the G League and he's putting up like fucking he's like LeBron James down there, and then he comes to like you know the big Knicks and then it's like he's, he's like a timid mouse. Yeah, he doesn't even want to shoot the ball. You're like, dude, just like you're a good shooter, shoot the fucking ball. And then it's like this is again I I've talked about this a lot in the pod recently, but like. This is why I just don't care when people are like, well, Quickly's inconsistent shooting and Grimes passes up. Like, I'm like, dude, first of all, I appreciate the fact that Quickly can, will have a game where he goes 5 of 21 from the field. Because it means like he's actually like trying to score. Like, yeah, he's like, being he, aggressive. Like, that's what you want he, him to do. Yeah. And, and especially like when Brunson was out and RJ was out, you needed somebody to take shots. Of course, you want him to make more shots too. But like, taking them is a huge part of the equation. Um, and this is why, like, like, I know Tyrese loves to make fun of RJ and shit on him for some reason. Um, but like, like it is a, there is a innate value of like a guy that's willing to have awful shooting nights. Like, I don't know if Grimes is there yet. You know, we saw him, He's not. he played great against Dallas, but then he had a bad shooting night the, the game after in San Antonio. And instead, like he just stopped shooting, you know? And I think Julius made an interesting comment after the game where they asked him about, quickly and he was like he he said something like you know i appreciate him basically like taking a bunch of shots like i i'm i'm happy he's stepping up and doing that and i like i don't think he was like necessarily saying that to shit on grimes or deuce i think he was genuinely just being complimenting quickly but in complimenting quickly like it, it says something um and i do think people undervalue that at times um with like Yes, it is frustrating when RJ will have a 7 of 10 game going and then somehow miss, like, five straight floaters in a row to ruin his shooting line. But, like, you have to be willing to take those shots and live with those sequences. And, you know, we have four guys on the team that are, are do that. But, like, you know, jury's out on Grimes and obviously Deuce and even Obi um, and other guys. Like, are they willing to just get the volume up? Um which, you know, look, I, I we've criticized Tibbs a lot here for the lack of opportunities for their guys, but maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Could be, but you know, I'm not yeah. gonna give Tibbs the benefit of the doubt because Oh, I know you I know you won't, Sam. No, I, I definitely <laughs> won't. Definitely won't. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um Virgil X access to comment on the minute load. I think we have in like various points that we have commented on the minute load. I mean it's ridiculous. It, it's absolutely ridiculous, but I mean, like, it's also like a point of like, I mean, I'm not going to like get again, once again, I'm not going to give tips the benefit of the doubt saying like, oh, you know, these guys aren't being aggressive enough to like warrant the minutes, but it's like, you got to give guys a break. Like you can't run guys into the ground. Like, you just can't do that. Yo, know, quickly. I want to see like, you know, like all these teams, sports teams, right. They have like their own internal data of like guys workload and shit i would love to see how i one i would like to see what quickly is like workload and all that type of shit is 
and like how many miles he's traveled yeah not just like, but like they, they travel they track like you know heart rate and all this kind of shit right? mm, yeah um but i would also just love to see like what you know because they you know teams always do like you know internal like 40 times shuttle times all this all that type of bullshit i would love to see what the knicks are um because i watch grimes and quickly and i'm like these dudes don't touch the ball on offense and yet somehow are running all the time like i don't understand it at all uh but like quickly played 44 minutes tonight. he didn't look gassed at the end of the game he no. like he played 51 against dallas and the next game when everybody else in the team basically just couldn't apparently bother to to do anything on defense and then most of them also did nothing on offense aside from him and julius like he was going balls out the entire time i just his work rate is bananas man it really is crazy that's called being fueled by the Lord. <laughs> my man goes to Sunday service and he gets a strength for a week. Oh my god. <laughs> um, let's see what other comments we got here. Amen. <laughs> um, Jordan Bub says only five teams are top eleven in offensive and defensive efficiency. These teams are the Celtics, Nets, Cavaliers, Pelicans, and Knicks. Knicks are top ten both. I just checked the Knicks are top ten in both. So yeah. mm, okay. defense so. came down a little bit today, but the offense offense picked up. So no, we're good. I think it stayed stable actually. I think the defense stayed at nine. Oh nice. So technically, usually like the bare minimum threshold to be a contender is top ten in both. So you heard it here first, guys. The Knicks are a genuine contender. We are here finally. I mean they're top eight, they're tied for seventh with the Phoenix Suns in net rating. I mean, the Suns, they're absolutely, like, free-falling because Devin Booker is, like, their lord and savior, but... They they held, they held the Cavs to 90 points today and lost. <laughs> Chris Paul uh, came... For that. Chris Paul turned back the hands of time, and he's still... They're still losing, so, like... By the way, my, my hot take is I just... I think this Mobley-Jared Allen thing is actually a huge problem for the Cavs. Their offense doesn't work. Well, I mean, this year, like... Mobley is just like not hitting like the shots Anything? that he was hitting last year. <laughs> um, yeah, like that was the big thing for them. Like Mobley was like super great for them last year, and like he's not this year. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he's he's obviously a great talent, but like he's not a great player yet. Um, but I really, I just don't think long term. Like I don't really understand how Mobley Allen works together. Ideally, especially like. It's just it's a weird thing though because they almost need those guys because I know that Donovan Mitchell's trying on defense now but like he's still not a good defender Garland is not a good defender their threes are just a random like conglomerate of wing size people who aren't good wing size uh, people yeah uh, yeah Okoro, like, Lamar Stevens Chetty Osman yeah. and, and look, I, look that's LeBert. obviously yeah okay, I mean look that that obviously is a the hit Chetty Osman is good relax relax. He is good, but he's like not. They need a high volume three point shooter at that spot, and like Osman isn't that guy. He's not a particularly great shooter either. Um, but like, they just I don't know. They they really that's the risk, and that's obviously what you are have to be willing to do when you trade for Donovan Mitchell. Like, which I still think was a really good move for them, but like their depth is obviously depleted, and their big offseason move was like. Rubio, who hasn't even played. Yeah, let's say is Rick Rubio with like their best acquisition this offseason. Like, yeah, so, yeah, he's in play, and I think they could, they have to trade Levert. I don't even understand how 
that works. But like, I mean, did it, is Garland just injury prone? Can we talk about that? Is is Garland injury prone? Because I feel like I mean, he was always... coming into the league. Yeah, he sort of like, was. I think I think like tears ACL essentially and only played like five games, and then he had like yeah, yeah. So like like you know the injuries are there, but the talent's undeniable. Like Garland being injured might get Jalen Brunson into the All Star game. For being honest, I will not complain. I mean, I think Brunson should be there anyway. I think he's. I think Brandon and Brunson should both be there. But we know that know. you think I know that you, I and I actually agree with you at this point, but like Randall could do he could play like he did last year and you'd be like, he should be an all-star, bro. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man. All right. <laughs> La- can we not leave last year in the past? Hey, I I'm you see what what I've been tweeting about Julius, man. I'm, I I I know, I've, had, I've, I've had, very I've had nice nothing things. negative to say on the post game. You said his so. name, which I'm proud of you for that one. That's girl. Oh Look, even gosh. even when he I, like he had a bad game today, and I'm not that pissed about it because like there were so many other things that like yeah. were an issue, and like and, he wasn't and the, the biggest one. Yeah, and he's played well, so like. I'm not. He's kind of earned a pass. Yeah, no, nobody plays like look, even like fucking peak LeBron James had individual games where he didn't play well, right? Like that's just basketball. So okay, he had a bad game, but you know what? He found a way to help us win in the end. Uh, he took ownership of the fact that he had a bad game, and that's all I really like can expect from him. You know, I, I I'm not gonna like you know. He, I know he had that ridiculous. What the yo? Well, that possession was so crazy. He had it quickly wide open in the corner. And then, like, and decided to like force some idiotic pass to Jericho. I don't know. That was, it was he made two bad plays on the stretch, but like defensively locked in. Um, so you know, I'm not gonna. I, I won't kill him. I would like if Julius Randle can remember how to make free throws again. That would be. Yeah, great. that would be nice. I don't know what's going. I don't know what's been going this on. Team has a, an illness. So last year, okay. So Garland first year was the weird COVID year. So I think they played like. Let's see. They played. Uh, Cleveland played sixty-five games. He played fifty-nine of sixty-five. But twenty twenty twenty-one, he played fifty-four of seventy-two. Twenty twenty-one twenty-two, he played sixty-eight of eighty-two. This year, he's played thirty of thirty-nine. So this he's a guy who misses like you know fifteen twenty games pretty much every year. He's going to miss fifteen twenty games every year. That's interesting. I wonder if that's. You know, there are guys who've been injury prone early in their careers and grow out of it. I wonder if he can do that. But that's it. That's totally they're they got a lot going on. They're an interesting team. Like they're a team that I feel like they need to make it work to justify everything. And I think they will make it work because ultimately speaking, Donovan Mitchell was worth whatever they acquired. But like Yeah, it's a weird team. They're a very weird team. Like Kevin Love is like their best bench player. I don't know how sustainable that is. Yeah, it, I mean, I think this is why I didn't think there were people that are like, oh, they're going to be a contender immediately. Um, and I didn't agree with that because I think they just don't have the depth. But like they, yeah, they're, they're going to have to figure out how to do this stuff in trade, which will be interesting because they also don't have picks to deal down. Picks, so yeah. I wonder what they're going to do. I mean, this is why I ultimately think they're going to end up trading Jared Allen at some point, maybe mm. a year or two down the line, because he's he can net you value and help you put probably better fitting pieces on the wing around what you have. But um, I don't think Mobley's defense throughout his career, obviously he's got like crazy potential, but I don't think he's, the team has 
performed very well or nearly as well defensively when he's on without Jared Allen. Like when we played them at the Garden this year, I know we only scored 92 points, but that, that, I think Allen was out that game. Um, and in general, when I've watched them, I feel like it's noticeable that himself and the team are not as effective when he has to play without Jared Allen. Honestly, like, do you trade Mobley and just keep Allen? Depends. Like, Allen's con- contract is good, man. Like, it's so solid. Like, it's just Mobley's such a talent, though. Like you would need a haul to trade him, probably. Yeah, and I think I think you could just I think a lot of teams would justify trading a haul for for Evan Mobley, and I think at that point, I would honestly maybe work with Evan uh, with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, even though Evan Mobley is such a really good talent, especially with his passing. But like. I don't think he's taking the leap that I think a lot of people thought he was going to take. Coming yeah, into year two. Much, yeah, it's just too much to put on. Like, I I don't like expecting a second-year player, like, hey, dude, we made this huge trade, so guess what? Now you have to be a star. Like, that's, like if that, I doubt that's, like, that's just a, such a ridiculous standard to hold somebody to. Like, it's also why I didn't love the, the fucking Rudy Gobert trade, right? It's like, okay, guess what, Anthony Edwards? You have to be Michael Jordan now. Like You have to be the leader. Yeah, like what? Like he's a third-year player. He's twenty-one. This guy's fucking like saying inappropriate shit still on fucking Snapchat or whatever. Like he's clearly still maturing in a lot of ways. So expecting him to just come in and be like, "All right, dude, just be again, just be Michael Jordan. That's all we need." Also, you're gonna play with Cat and Rudy Gobert, two real inspiring people. Like it's just, it's, just, it's crazy to put that on these guys that this young. Like it's wild to me. The fact oh, that he's yeah. like at 67 true shooting or 57 true shooting, putting up the numbers he's putting up is nuts. Yeah, but like, you know what, Tyrese? I would definitely consider taking Tyrese Halliburton over him. Get know? the fuck out of here. <laughs> Don't piss me off, man. Are you kidding? Tyrese, Tyrese Halliburton, dude. Like, I, I've already said my piece on Tyrese Halliburton. I'm so surprised Tyrese doesn't like someone with the same name as you. Yeah, him. Are you, how mad are you that he has the same name as you? <laughs> Disgusted. Like. <laughs> At least, like, at least Tyrese Maxey's better. But, like, come on, man. Like, Tyrese Halliburton is playing in a five-out offense and just throwing a bunch of shovel passes to dudes who can do stuff. With shovel game. passes. No, so, some of the some of the things he gets an assist for are... Does he... He's like a fucking NFT, dude. He's just a fucking <laughs> NFT, dude. He's not real. He's just... He's so... I, he, he does not create the advantages that 11 assists would tell you he creates. I, I will say... Wally, I res- Wally wishes he could join us for this portion of the show. Look, I will say this. I Wally's really... Like, I respect... Like. I respect his hustle, though, of, like, you know, parlaying Wally Zerbiak being mean to him into getting a chance to sit down with Taylor Rooks. So... I would just uh, say... Yeah, I mean, that's respect right there. Yeah, that's that's a good hustle. I... I, I do respect that move. Um, <laughs> don't we all wish we could just set up a sit down with Taylor Rooks? I know Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum are still very uncomfortably sitting uh, when they're near her. That's one of the funniest interviews I think I've ever watched. <laughs> do you remember, oh. do you know what Jalen Brown said in that interview? What did he say? He said something like, "We're gonna win like seven straight championships." <laughs> and I'm just like, I remember like listening to that. And I'm like, dude. Yo, I know how like you're sitting there real uncomfortable in your basketball shorts, but relax, dude. Relax. Seven <laughs> straight is hilarious. Oh my I, god. I don't blame him given the fact Taylor Rooks there probably saying some stupid stuff too. I I mean I I I don't blame him either. It just it was so funny. 
Like there's that, and then there's the uh, the John Morant what? thing in front of Malika Andrews, where he's like, oh. "I don't got a problem with anyone in the West." Or you put yourself oh, yeah. in, it was a hit list the entire West. And the West been just smacking them around ever since then. Yeah, but you know, like you know, he's just such a he's he's just so streetwise. He's, he's so, cool. so real. He's so beating cool. up. He's beating up like fifteen year olds. <laughs> You saw allegedly. that, right? That story? I, I allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a joke. Um, yeah, no, but I, I think Brunson should make it over Tyler Taliburn. I had no problem with Wally saying that, and I don't think, like, I don't care how many assists he gets. I don't care when he has a random forty-point game. You're never going to convince me that guy is the level of offensive weapon that Brunson is. Uh, and and Halliburton's defense sucks, so it's like it's not like he's giving you this tremendous defensive value that you're not getting from Brunson. Like, yeah, I know Brunson has defensive issues for sure, um, but like I think as a just ultimately when you're talking about creating offense, Brunson is just on another level to Halliburton. Yeah, like it's not it's not even close offensively. Like that game down the stretch where like Brunson basically t- makes takes three tough shots in a row with Jeremy Sohan on him. For all of his weird free throw shooting and offensive play, is a very good defender. Like the fact that he basically took three of those shots in a row in the same spot, and the defense knew it was coming, and he still did it, and it all went in. Like Tyrese Halliburton's not doing that stuff. We he, saw him down the stretch. Like he ran from the shots. He he's never breaking Keldon Johnson's ankles the way that Brunson did. He's never gonna frustrate the entire league the way like. The way Brunson could just shake around people and just like get people up in the air and just like piss people off, like however is never gonna be able to do that. I think Brunson actually, we were talking about this in, in the uh in the Discord during the game. There are actually times where I think he he doesn't realize until too late that he's actually already created an opening for himself. Like he Yeah, he'll do he'll, an extra move sometimes. Yeah, and he'll actually move back into the defender. Yes. by accident it's hilarious like it's i've seen him do this multiple times and i'm just like wait what are you doing like, he did it early in the game when he shifted yeah. i forgot i think it was like keldon johnson or something yep. or jeremy yep. sohan um where he shifted him and he bumped back into him and i was like what are you doing guy <laughs> like you already had an opening like yeah i just i need iq to like go live with Jalen brunson this offseason that's what i need oh develop all this footwork Oof, that would him be and awesome. rj rj should too because rj is like really good at bullying his guy in the post, but then he has no footwork sauce down there at all. No he doesn't footwork. have sauce anyway to begin with, but yeah, his footwork in the post is like pretty meh. Randall has some interesting footwork in the post. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm deciding which should, which one of these should be our last comment for the day. Um, we have Virgil X who says, What's to deal with Grimes in late game situations? But we also have Kobe who asks, does Sims have the best combo of lateral quickness and vertical leap of any center in the league? That's a very vast landscape right there. No. Who would you say has better ladder, lateral quickness and vertical leap? The same, the combination of both. Uh, I mean, like, hmm. I have to think about that. Like, Would you say Nicholas Claxton this year? Yeah, he's been crazy defensively. Yeah, you probably say Claxton. Um, I think you could. 
maybe I don't want to say Bam, not Bam. No. Um. I mean, it's he's up there. He's definitely up there. But like, yeah, he is for sure. He just has to get more disciplined, I think. But other yeah. than that, he does definitely have that lateral quickness and vertical leap down. I mean, this guy's jumping and he's like has to duck around the rim so he doesn't get hit in the head. Like it's insane. Yeah, yeah, that that's a that's a good that's a good um. And Robert lateral Williams, quickness Robert, too. I mean, Robert like Williams, Robert Williams. There we go. And with the lateral quickness too. I mean, we saw in the game versus the Nuggets, like he was able to stay with Jamal Murray on the perimeter. They, they need to switch him more. Like, I, like some of the stuff with with McDermott in the fourth quarter, where he was killing us going off these screens. I'm just watching. Like, I think he did bring in Sims, and Sims did do a better job covering those. Mm-hmm. But I would like him to just have Sims show either show way higher because he's not a great rim protector. Like that's he's got. His wingspan isn't that great. Um, he doesn't get as vertical when he's backpedaling. So, like, he's got some issues as a drop defender. But, like, what he is – I mean, he, he's a freak. Like, he is a fucking absolute freak. He moves like a wing on the perimeter. Um, use that. Like, that. you need to use that more if you're, when you have him out there. So He reminds would, me of Kevon Looney because Kevon Looney is really able to, like, stay with guards on the perimeter weirdly, a lot. Weirdly. weirdly, even though he has, like, the hips of a 98-year-old woman. <laughs> Respect Kevin Looney. I do, but like he moves like a grandmother. But um, yeah, he reminds me of Kevin Looney yeah. on the perimeter. Grandma's oh. catching, grandma's catching strays on this post game. <laughs> 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 but um, shout out to Kobe. That was a really good question. It made us, you know, think about you know players around the league and how they compare to Sims. So shout out to Kobe for that one. Um, looks like a new name. I haven't seen you in the streams before. Is this Kobe White? You. Watching after demolishing the the nets. Get a hobby. <laughs> Amir, Amir. <laughs> um, I think on that note, we will end off today's stream. Shout out to everyone that tuned in, left a comment. We tried to get to as many as possible. Um, you know, everything Strickland related is in the description. We got links to the merch site twitter and patreon we also on instagram at the strict.land um you know just another way to keep up with us another way to follow us another way to you know tune into strickland related content um and yeah i think that's it we'll be back on friday after the raptors game where we will be playing a version of prison ball over there in canada um you know so tune in after that game we'll be back talking about the Knicks hopefully getting another win and extending this streak to, what is it, four it would be? Four. Second four-game winning streak of of the season. Hopefully. Yeah, and they're 11-5 they're and five in their last 16. It's been a very weird way to get 11-5, and five, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking impressive. That's like also, that's a 50-plus win, win rate over that time. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, by the way, Patrick Williams hoops tonight and the agenda grows. That's it. Oh yeah, he's somebody I would not mind the Knicks like and looking to take a punt on if possible. Yeah, hey, I mean those Bulls projects—they have been booming across yeah. the league. Great, great development organization. Truly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we'll be back on Friday. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and we're out of here. Peace.
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.